Okay, uh, welcome to the newest rendition of the All Things Richmond podcast, where we interview interesting Richmond folks that have their finger on the pulse of uh, all things Richmond. So, lucky enough today to be joined by Mark Cheatham, but I've been told to call you Cheats. Cheats is fine. Cheats so, works. Cheats, welcome, yeah, to the, welcome to the studio. Thanks, meeting, thanks for having me. Meeting my office. That's um, so, uh, lovely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, tell the, the viewers a little bit about your background, Richmond, how long you've been here, where you went to school, So I was born and raised. I was born and raised here on the West End in Henrico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucker High School. Tucker, Tucker High School, Tucker, Tucker the, mighty, the Mighty, Mighty Tigers. What year did you finish there? 96. Okay, my so, wife finished in 98. Very nice. Yeah. So we, there's a good chance that we know each other. Did you play basketball? Uh, all right, so I don't know if you know. I'm sitting down, but yeah. I am 5'5". Five, five, <laughs> they make point guards, right? Point guards. my <laughs> freshman year of high school, I was 4'9". Okay. I was 4'9", and, and I did play basketball. This is a okay. fun fact. So I did play basketball, but in my freshman year of high school, I was 4'9", I want to say 89 pounds. Okay. I played football, basketball, and baseball my freshman year. <laughs> okay. Uh, I played basketball my sophomore year, uh, and then I played baseball all four years. Gotcha. But I, uh, there was a time where that, you know, when my growth spurt hit and I ended up at about five two. Yeah. I realized that basketball was not going to be. <laughs> Wasn't going to pay the my long term future, <laughs> right? Like I yeah. still, hopefully, I'll still be able to get out and play someday. The reason I ask is my, so my wife's dad, Coach JV, and freshman ball there, Don Burnett. Uh, he may have been right after you though. Does that ring so a bell? So Don Burnett. Yeah. This is a true story. This is yeah. this is you had no idea. About I didn't. This. No. But this is a true story. Don uh, was a little league basketball coach of mine. He did. Right. I never coached him at Tucker. Okay. But uh, Don was my little league basketball coach. Yeah. And like whatever basketball talent I have. Yeah. In that regard, he was probably the best little league basketball coach <laughs> I've ever had. Please, he'll be glad him. to hear it. Please tell him I said hello. He's, I mean, he's not on Facebook, but his but his wife is my mother in law, Susan. Yeah. Son Gray. Yeah, Gray. Yeah. And uh, and Gray, yeah. I mean, sure is, was super old. I mean, this is Gray. This is before Gray was born. Yeah. When um yeah Don uh. Don was my coach, but please tell him I said so hello. So you maximize your talent. So he was the one of the best little league coaches, basketball <laughs> coaches. It was one of those rec leagues where you practice like a half an hour yeah. before the game and play the game. Right. I just remember him being uh, one of the nicest human beings and a great, uh, great leader of young men. So that's awesome. Very good. Tell him I said that's what's all, up. Yeah, I'm glad he's that a, went well. I'm he's glad a good go dude. Awkwardly on, now that we're rolling. No, no, no Don's funny. a great guy. I hope he's doing well. That's awesome. I haven't well, seen I'll, him in years. I'll tell him you said hello. Small world there. That's what Richmond does for you. <laughs> so, uh, Went to VCU. Yes. Studied social work. Yes. What, yes. When you were at VCU, what did you want to do? Did you know at that time? I wanted to be a social worker. Okay. I really did. I really thought I was going to work in youth homes um, and and kind of do that type of thing. I always had a passion to try to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and social work just seemed two things. Social work allowed me to help people, one, and it didn't require any math. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was really hard. Like most social workers are yeah. really bad at math. <laughs> and I was a horrible math student. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually a better math student in college, but I was a really poor uh, math student in high school, and that always put the fear in me. And so uh, so social work seemed fitting, and it really was a a good major for me. I don't Mm -hmm. think it was a great major. It was a good major for me. Um, I know I said that wrong. Uh, It was a good fit for me. I don't think it was a perfect fit for me. It was a good fit for me, and I thought I was going to go on and work with youth and you know, maybe end up at a youth home or a boys' home you know get involved in sports and that stuff my life did not turn out that way but right. uh that is what i thought was going to happen gotcha. uh, and probably probably when i entered college i think i mm-hmm. knew by the t- my ju- by my junior year is when um i met my boss that i work for now and i kind of knew that that was all out the window gotcha and that boss being tim kane tim kane yes uh, so how did that come to be the junior center of virginia how did yeah. you meet him i interned 
I was an intern. So um, I get I want to get the timeline right. This is this is a true story though. Um, when I really got into college, and it was the John Kerry presidential election versus so it was George W. Bush's re-election. John Kerry right. was was running for uh, president. Two thousand and four, right? I think so, yeah, this yeah. is 2004. So it turns out that at the time, there were eight people on the Democratic side running for president. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had kind of narrowed my choices down here, being here in Virginia, to either John Kerry or John Edwards. Um, and Kerry was a senator, sitting senator that actually headquartered out of D.C. Mm-hmm. John Edwards was a former senator, so he had actually moved his headquarters to North Carolina. Right. Um, and literally, it was a, at the time, this is... 2004, let's caveat this. Right. This is well, well before we knew kind of the full story of John Edwards, right? right. Uh, they were both really attractive candidates for me at the time, mm-hmm. and it was almost like a flip a coin, but what happened was uh, John Kerry gave me an internship uh, while he was running for president. Mm-hmm. To I didn't know at the time that they accepted everyone. So I really thought I felt like they sent you this letter. Right. I was like, "Welcome to the Kerry campaign." Right. Um. And at and and really, what they they did that to everyone. I walked in the door, and there were sixteen interns. Right. All of them were from American George Washington or Georgetown. Okay. I was the only one that it, like was from Richmond. Right. And so that kind of stood out to them, and um, they like they do this whole thing. This is a roundabout way, and I'll cut it short. But they do this roundabout thing about why you want to be an intern for mm-hmm. a presidential campaign. And all of these guys from Georgetown, George Washington, American, had these amazing stories <laughs> about why they wanted to be an intern, like change the world, right. really into this. Right. And it gets to me, and I was like, yeah, I really like the show West Wing. <laughs> so I really thought, like, if it's anything like West Wing, I want to I do that. I'm in, yeah. And so they all laughed, and I realized that at the time, you know, these guys were probably only a couple years. The people that were doing the interview was only a couple years older than me. Yeah. Long story short, though, is I, I had a really good internship with in Washington with the Kerry campaign. Yeah. And after that was over, um, they were like, well, Mark, you're moving back to Richmond. You really right. should get involved and work with, at the time, it was Governor Warner, mm-hmm. Lieutenant Governor Kane. And there was this whole governor's fellows process, which is really extensive for Governor Warner's office or any governor at the time. Um, and I was just like, I don't have time to do that. Mm-hmm. And then literally the lady said to me, this wonderful lady to, who I still did in contact with to this day, she goes, well, you should just intern for Tim Kaine. They take anyone. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. So I walked into the lieutenant governor's office, a full staff of three people at the time. Yeah. And I started interning that summer of my – I was going into my junior year. No, yeah, it was my junior year, I think. At, in, and I started interning for Tim Kaine. And as I tell most people, I haven't really haven't had a real job since uh, the day I met, I met him the first day mm-hmm. of my internship. And we've been, uh, I've been on the Kaine train ever since. That's so. great. That's a long time. It's a long run with anybody. So it is uh, pretty interesting. I guess what last fourteen years or so. It's been a while. Yes, I'm really old, really old. Really old. What do you do for him now? Uh, so I'm the director of his uh, casework operation mm-hmm. and like his constituents operation for the state. Mm-hmm. So we have six offices throughout the state. Uh, each of those offices do some form of casework, which is helping mm-hmm. Virginians with federal issues, uh, you know, immigration, veteran services, social security are our big ones, mm-hmm. housing, uh, just about anything that affects the federal government that right. we have a stake in. And so I do help. Uh, I, our team does our best to help uh as many constituents as best we can. 
Gotcha. That, that's fascinating. So wh- what involvement do you have locally with politics, city council, mayor? Uh, do you chat with LeVar? Do you know the city council folks? <laughs> I, so I know, a lot, I know a lot of them through the Cheats Movement blog mm-hmm. um, okay. and, I, and the Cheats Movement podcast. So I know we cover uh, on, the, on the site that I run um, and the brand that we have, we are pretty involved in local Richmond region sure. issues. And so that's how I know most of the local politicians. Either mm-hmm. that, or I've just been around the city so long that they've mm-hmm. I've come across them. It's it's a little bit of a pretty strong line of separation in regards to the blog doesn't cover anything that would be a conflict of interest on the federal side. Right. So we really kind of weigh into uh, locally on the site. We weigh into like we cover the mayor's race pretty heavily. Uh, we've interviewed a number of city council members, mm-hmm. and we're kind of building that brand as a local and regional. So it's Henrico, you know, some mostly Richmond and Henrico. Mm-hmm. To be honest, right. we don't really touch Chesterfield and Hanover too much. Right. But I think Henrico and Richmond have such unique government ties. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. So let's go back to the beginning sure. of the Cheats Movement. Yeah, 2011. Yeah. You started the Cheats Movement blog. Tell yes. me about why you started it and what it is. So, uh, yes, I started in 2011. I started the Cheats Movement in my home, mm-hmm. <laughs> my home office. Sure. Wherever uh, your starts, yeah. yeah, it was a slow weekend. <laughs> Read a WordPress book. Um, that, so I was traveling a lot at the time, um, and, I, and I was pretty much disconnected uh, from Richmond. Um, we were actually – we were doing a lot of work across the nation, um, uh, and I was employed by the DNC. I wasn't actually employed by uh, Virginia. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like Tim Kaine was chairman of the DNC. I was working for the DNC, uh, and at the time we started the blog in 2011, it was a way for me to stay connected to the city through just going to events. So it's like me and my friends when I'd be in town would go out to an event, whether it was a first Friday. Uh, whether it was just a festival, mm-hmm. and I would I would take my camera with me, would take a bunch of pictures of us just goofing off, mm-hmm. and we'd put those pictures up on the site. So it was much more of a f- photography based site when we first started in 2011. That lasted about I don't know six months or so before mm-hmm. people started asking me to either shoot an event specifically, um, or just try to find out like figure out a different angle. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was. Uh, good friend of mine, a uh, local MC in town by the name of Black Liquid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Liquid invited me out to one Who's of his. going to be on this podcast soon? He is. Yeah. God, get ready. Uh, <laughs> Facebook Live or whoever. Yeah. Get ready for that show. That's going to be special. <laughs> I'm looking forward um, to it. But he invited me out to one of his uh, one of his Face Mount Friday shows, which was with, at Strange Matter. We wound up, I wound up shooting that, just me um, covering. They, these shows have probably like 20 acts on them. Mm-hmm. And we shot about 20 MCs that night and put them up on the blog. And it took about two hip-hop events uh, for people to start to realize that this was a site where you could go and see some coverage, like kind of news coverage of a hip-hop show. Mm-hmm. And what we found out was there was just a big void. Um, there was a big void in media. There was a big void in Richmond media. They, this, it was just they didn't touch it. They didn't mm-hmm. cover local hip-hop. So we started uh, highlighting local hip-hop probably throughout uh, the fall of 2011, going into 2012 pretty heavily. And mm-hmm. it became uh, one of the bigger – it became the only. So he's, like, it's easy to say, oh, it became the biggest. Mm-hmm. But it was really the only local independent hip-hop site at the time mm-hmm. that was covering 
hip hop shows, hip hop album releases, and so it did um, become a you know it became a pretty popular site uh, in regards to uh, people that wanted to learn more, more about the Richmond hip hop scene, mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of ran with that, mm -hmm. and so we every kind of year we were building on building on building on uh, that that audience mm -hmm. and and what we learned from building on that audience fast forward you know years down the line it's like okay we can cover music but we can also cover other things mm -hmm. and that's how we really branched into local politics community events um and now it's much more of a uh a brand that covers uh, a larger spectrum mm -hmm. of our community in that way so we're excited awesome. about it. We're excited about that, what happened. Yeah, that's exciting seeing the evolution of that, how it started and what it is today. It's pretty interesting. So um, w covering local politics, did you guys get heavily involved in the mayoral race last year? Yeah. So la last year we covered the mayor's race pretty heavy. Um, we're, I thought that was one of the – and I say last year. It was. I guess a year and a half ago It was now. a year and yeah. a half ago now. Mm -hmm. But we were – we did this thing that was like we made these power rankings yeah. in regards to who we thought was going to win right. the mayor's race. And uh, we would have power rankings and we would have local coverage of how the elections were going. Um, and those were those, those turned out to be pretty well received. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the funny facts is one of the fun facts is we never had LeVar Stoney. We never had Mayor Stoney at the top of the mm -hmm. uh, power ranking until maybe the very last one. Yeah. We might have had him and like we we made it like we we understood that it was probably going to be a two way race between him and Jack Berry at the very end. Right. But like all the power rankings leading up to it, LeVar was in the second tier of ca of candidates. Right. And like most people, we had Morrissey higher than he. he we had more Morrissey overperforming and right and and LeVar underperforming. And the funny fact is we interviewed him. We were his first interview. The Chiefs Movement was his first interview in its transition office. Mm -hmm. And he reminded me of that. He reminded me that. We, <laughs> we, you had him uh, in we, third or, or we, worse we, leading up to we, we lowballed him. And so I told him I'd make it up to him as best I could. Well, at the time, I think you like you weren't the only folks handicapping it that way. That was the general consensus. Yeah, no, nobody could. Have, uh, uh, you, we also got to think, like, one, Morrissey had a Horrible, horrible last week and a half. He did. Right? <laughs> he really I mean, did. he's like, he just had, he's like, if you're looking at the political spectrum of that race. Yeah. Morrissey had a horrible, horrible, like, final week and a half. Like, yeah. literally a week and a half before the election, he's having press conferences on his, like, front porch that are being crashed by, like, his sure. wife's dad. It was yeah. awful. And yeah. so, and then he got sued. And sure. so, all of that, here's the thing. All of that may not have affected his outcome. I think. Yeah. What happened was that there was a there was a push poll. This is well into the weeds, but yeah. there was a poll that came out early on. I think it was a Richmond Times Dispatch or someone. Somebody else did the poll. They but they published this poll that said Morrissey was a front runner, mm -hmm. and everybody kind of ran with that. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that he wasn't nearly as strong in those in those in this higher number districts that, that we thought. Yeah, yeah. we thought it was going to be. And yeah. the other the, the other thing that turned out to be, I you know we didn't see, but we should have. I think some of us may have seen it, but I, I think maybe um, it just was different. Is because the presidential ticket was on the ballot. Mm -hmm. The second district was a district that actually ultimately broke for Lavar. Mm -hmm. The reason it broke for Lavar was because VCU is in the second district. Mm -hmm. A lot of VCU kids were yeah. voting for the first time. They were voting for the presidential, and Lavar, to his credit, worked extremely harder <laughs> yeah. than Jack Berry. At VCU. Yeah. So all of those kids are turning. You just couldn't 
estimate what that number was going to be right. of first-time voters. But that was that was the district that put LeVar over the top. That's the one yep. they didn't think he was going to get. Right. He got it. They put him over the top, and he actually won on election day. Had yeah. he not won the second with those VCU kids, or if you take the VCU kids out of the equation, mm-hmm. you would have been in a runoff. Right. It would have been the six weeks later, and you really don't know what would yeah. have happened. It would have been a, a um, crapshoot then. But it was interesting. It played out Played out interesting. It was yeah. a spectacle that only Richmond could present. Yeah. But one of the important things about that race mm-hmm. and just about any other race is mm-hmm. – um, and this is why I think sites like the Cheats Movement are important, mm-hmm. is you have this tendency to think that um, like the community of readers that read the site are only reading it for music. Right. And that could be, nothing could be further from the truth. Right. We look at the numbers every year. The biggest posts we get have to do with community issues, whether mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, a racial event that happened at, you know, Short Pump Middle School, whether it's a you know a blackface incident that happened at the former ballot, so right those having people weigh in on those issues, yeah, and having their voice heard, uh, does much like does astronomically better than oh we've got a great new song or here's a new album review. sure and those things are important I think right. a lot of people right. check this site consistently to see you know what yeah. what's going on in culture but right. when you really tap something that hits the community whether it's you know, the first big thing we ever did was, I think it was 2011, maybe in that fall of 2011, uh, there was a big controversy around First Fridays about right. too many kids coming to First Fridays. Right. Those kids happened to be black and brown kids, right? Right. And the, our, the gallery owners didn't know what to do with it. And we published a photo essay of, you know, this is the way we see First Fridays, a bunch of kids and these great pictures of First Fridays. And it was the, you know, it just blew up the site. Like, mm-hmm. it wound up getting picked up by a number of different publications. Mm-hmm. But it was because, like, no one was speaking to that audience, right? Mm-hmm. No one journalistically right. was making an effort to talk to, um, you know, I don't know, 20, I, I won't even tell myself short. I would say, like, 25 to 40 mm-hmm. uh, urban community. Like, right. they just weren't hitting it. Right. So we were able to hit a lot of that and, and do some real good, I think. That's interesting. So what uh, – I guess what's your criteria on, when deciding what to post, how often? Like how to, <laughs> how to balance the hip-hop versus overall politics versus community? Yeah, like, I wish we had – Is like, there a science to it? No. Or just whatever you're <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Just what we think. What, but naturally, what I, I guess you – What I t- think is fun, what I think is yeah. – I'll tell you, the, the, we filter more. Mm-hmm. We filter more than – like having a rhyme or reason about what goes up, mm-hmm. we pretty much have a strong criteria of what doesn't go up, right? right? And so, you know, I, I it, you know, being connected to hip hop, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hip hop um, that won't make the site. Right. Even if I like you as an artist, mm-hmm. even if I like your music, mm-hmm. even if I like like now we, I mean, I'm smart enough to realize that there's just too many eyes on the site mm-hmm. for me to be like. We're, you know, there's lines we won't cross. Yeah. You mind um, sharing what, the, what those are? I mean, most people know, like, you will never see, like, gratuitous, gratuitous, like, sex and violence right. or drug use, like, gratuitous right. drug use. And, right. like, you know, those types of things, whether I might, like, whether, you no matter how I feel yeah. about you as an artist, yeah. no matter how much I feel about your art, right? even if it's a shock and awe piece, like I am smart enough to realize the phone calls I get. <laughs> yeah, you have a broad audience. The audience is. Uh, we took great pride in the audience yeah. of, of the Chiefs movement. Um, and so if you haven't checked it out, please do. But um, 
it's yeah we everyone from i'll never forget i wrote an editorial about uh the baseball stadium in chaco bottom Mm -hmm. and so and it and i thought (laughs) in my humble opinion Mm -hmm. i thought that it was equally objective on both sides right Mm -hmm. so there was part of it that was like hey look you know we had this big press conference at the time with mayor jones uh, in Chaco Bottom, yep. and announced that the stadium was coming down here with a museum and a grocery store and so forth. Like that was a really good press conference for optics, mm-hmm. but it, like they hadn't had a good day since. This was weeks and months later. Sure, yeah. And then at the same time, I wrote, but at the same time, if Chaco Bottom at the time looks like you know, in ten years when my son's ten, he can go to a baseball game, or my son's three, he can go to a baseball game now. But it was like if my son goes mm-hmm. to the same Chaco Bottom that we're looking at at the time of that press conference, I think we failed. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we've, like, if it doesn't get better, I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, I want to see a thriving Shaco Bottom. I think Main mm-hmm. Street Station helps, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I did not want to see, you know, failed restaurant, failed restaurant, failed nightclub, failed nightclub. I wanted to, I was excited yeah. about the opportunity of seeing something different. Right. At the same time, you know, you know, they, they you know, there was just a lot of problems. So, mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, hey, you know, this is important. I think I did a good – I think I did an objective article. Right. I, uh, the first call I got was someone in the mayor's office, livid. And the second <laughs> call I got was somebody from the um, the ancestors group that right. was, you know, protesting. So you pissed off both sides. Livid. Livid. <laughs> well and done. It turned well out, done. And, and I just remember thinking yeah. to myself like – Jeez, I need to pay more attention. Like I had no idea that yeah. this would be a thing. Yeah. Uh, but it it turned out to be a thing for you know for that week, and then something else happened, and we were yeah, man, yeah. But that's it was funny to topic. see how broad the audience is. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole God, I, yeah, that's a topic I'm going to talk about more. <laughs> we, we have a limited time here. Right, right, um, right, right. We interviewed Brian Bostic on this, who was a big proponent of moving it down there. You know, uh-huh. He was leading the charge, and obviously, I've heard both sides, of the, and I'll. I'll I won't share with the audience my views, on it, but, but it, it's, it's, it was such a hot it was such a hot topic for such a long period of time. Um, okay, so let's talk about um, sure on the Chiefs Movement website. One of the things happening now. Uh, tell me a little about the hoodies you're selling. Right, so we in partnership with Noah Scalen, uh, an amazing artist uh, in Richmond. I think he was named I think last year the first ever artist in resident at the VC School of Business. But Noah is just a you know world like he's just renowned up and down the east coast and, and probably farther about his art he's just an amazing artist he mm-hmm. lives here on north side in richmond and he had come to me with a design and it's basically um the lee uh, statue mm-hmm. without lee on the on it it's right. just like the base of the statue with nothing on top right he had this kind of wonderful background about it and was like you know he really strongly believed that uh, co- those Confederate statues are in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to agree with him in the sentiment of that. He had come to me with the design. I thought the design was amazing. And then we sat on it for probably four, five, six weeks trying to figure out. He had actually issued some out to World of Mirth and Caratown, and they were selling them for charity. Um, but we really thought, all right, what's the next step with this thing? Mm-hmm. And uh, what we wanted to do as a brand, what we've always, what I've always wanted to do was to have a uh, meaning behind the brand, right? right? The Cheats movement needs to mean something, right? Um, and one of the things that we've always done, and one of the reasons why I think the it's lasted the way it has and grown the way it has, is because 
the message behind the the brand has always been kind of uh, an inclusive, uh, diverse Richmond mm-hmm. that really kind of airs on the side of, uh, in you know, bringing more people to the table than bringing less. Mm-hmm. And so I, I say all that because we we decided to release, we decided to change the logo or, or just the logo and put them on some, uh, put them on some hooded sweatshirts on November first of last year, mm-hmm. and it was just our way of saying that this is kind of we can use this as our version of activism it's mm-hmm. our way of starting discussions at the time you got to think so we released the hoodies on the first round of hoodies were released on november 1st um mayor stoney had announced his monument avenue commission early august i want to say mm-hmm. and then charlottesville's rally happened on august 12th right um and so it was a really hot topic at the time and we all felt as if we wanted uh to, to weigh in on it, but we wanted to weigh in on it that wasn't uh, violent. We wanted to weigh in on it in a way that wasn't um, uh, a direct, like, conf- you know, confrontation, confrontation of the alt-right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people felt that way. I think a lot of people uh, wanted to be able to say, hey, look, I'm fine if this thing goes away. Right, <laughs> um, right. And what it has done and what I'm really proud of is – that it has sparked a lot of discussions from both sides of the aisle. I've had more discussions about the future of Monument Avenue mm-hmm. uh, with people that disagree with me than mm-hmm. people that do. Right. Um, oftentimes we agree to disagree in a respectful way. Um, there are different, and then I learned that people that are, that I would think would agree with me may have different opinions mm-hmm. on the ultimate, um, uh, the ultimate resolution on Monument Avenue. It's right. been my stance that I strongly believe that. Um, there are more fitting places for public display mm-hmm. uh, of Confederate statues. Uh, I understand that Monument Avenue, the the way I understand what Monument is today. Right. Um, I understand when those statues were put up and why they were put up and how they were put up. And I think if more people understood that they weren't put up, <laughs> they were put up well after the Civil War and they were yeah. put up as a way of showing strength and dominance over one one community over the other it was sure. not it was not a uh like everybody was not like oh let's do this you know for property value or anything like that no it was right. it was is a show of force uh by the people that were in power uh to 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 people that looked like me and and others and so uh, you know we i just i can't understand fully get an understanding of that history and then agree with you. Right. I can I can get a I can get an understanding of that history and have a conversation with you. Sure. I can actually understand your point of view if you are disagreeing with me. I just can't agree with you for it. Right. And so with so we released those hoodies on November first. We followed them up with a couple of other hoodie orders and a couple other T shirt orders. They're still actually on sale now and um it it, it has been eye-opening to say the least in regard to um how it has made an impact on kind of our daily lives in the site you know uh, my my email's a little bit different uh, every once in a while but uh it's something that we truly stand behind and we've had a couple a couple other folks did ask like well you know you have a podcast and you have a blog Mm -hmm. have you ever had discussions about Monument Avenue, the future of Monument Avenue, right. and we have, and we had a really good one that I'll just tell your audience about is if you look at uh, the table, mm-hmm. we had a roundtable discussion with Bill Martin, 
from the Valentine, Julian Hader from uh, University of Richmond, who was just featured on 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Elmore was in that group. We had like a wonderful roundtable discussion. Noah was yeah. in that group about, you know, well, you know, Monument Avenue. Let's talk right. about it. And it went as a diverse audience. It was just a really good discussion, and that's still online uh, on our podcast archives. And and those things do help shape my opinion. I think I had a pretty strong opinion uh, about the issue beforehand, but it does shape my opinion uh, in regards to what I want the future to look like in our city. Right. right. So I've got a three year old, and I constantly there's not a day goes by that I don't think like is this going to be better for Cameron? Right. Um, you know, ten years from now, fifteen years from now. Sure. And this is one to me that uh, is just a no-brainer. I, I would like him to live uh, in a future, uh, like 15 years from now, 20 years from because it's not going to be right away, no matter sure. what anybody thinks. <laughs> right. But 15, 20 years from now, and I'd love him to drive down Monument Avenue and, and see something different than we see today. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. That, that's that's awesome work. So we we like to close with five <laughs> questions that – we ask everybody. I'm gonna alter yours a little. Go so fast. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's great. It. It's it's your it's great content that I think our viewers will love. The, I, AJ, um, I got AJ set the mark so high. <laughs> you got you can see how many likes or how many views you yeah, get compared I'm, to AJ. No, you, you can have a I'm battle. Even, I don't. I stopped playing those like games a long time ago. <laughs> I really. Well, like, it'll tell you the way what you're doing. I'm so not, proud of everything views. all your other guests do. Yeah, <laughs> I will leave it at that. All right, so the first question I'll alter and change for you with your involvement in the local sure. hip-hop scene. So the question one is, what are three local hip-hop artists that we should know about that are in the Richmond area now? Oh, man, there's so many, and people are going to get mad at me. Well, if you want to name one, if you want to name ten, name, name whoever you want to um, name that our viewers should check out. I mean, you can't, to like, so, all right, so three albums today, mm-hmm. and uh, this is easy for me because... Uh, like Michael Millions album, mm-hmm. uh, Hard to Be King is out. Radio B's album, Jesus Never Wore a Suit is out. Um, and Joey Gallo and Nicole Hicks has got a joint album that's out. Um, so those are easy for me, right? Uh, in that regard, because uh, you know, but Noah O, DJ Mentos, um, Mutant Academy, everything that they're doing. There's just so many um, Satellite Syndicate, everything they're doing, Oblive, everything that they're doing. Um, New Era Ness, what he's doing, Soup, Prop. Like, I mean, everybody's just that, like, the scene is so good down there in such a good place. Yeah. Um, so com- that t- the scene now, just, 2018, yeah. compared to 2011 when the Cheats movement started, how would you compare and contrast? It's, it's better. Just like, better, I more. Mean, yeah, you give, I mean, we're going on, you know, I mean, just, it's the community so much better because technology's better. Digital's better, um, and so the products that uh, artists can release are better. Mm-hmm. They can get discovered. Um, there's just more access to discovery. Right. So, you know, and I think what what happens now is you just got to figure out what level of success you want to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, Richmond is still not quote unquote a hotbed of hip hop per se. Right. Um, but if you are consistent, you work hard enough, you travel, you do the things that you need to. You have an opportunity to carve out a place. I don't. Mm-hmm. It may not be. You're not going to be Drake or J Cole, mm-hmm. but there's tons of working artists mm-hmm. that have careers. They make money. Uh, they, you know, they do it. And I think that's what it's all about. I think some of the challenge in 2018 is people lose focus on what success is. Right. Um, 
you know, Grady City Records can go to California, do records. They can be in Richmond and do records. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and they're happy, man. Like, right. <laughs> they don't necessarily have to be Drake. Like, you know right. what I mean? Not everyone's going to be sure. that level of success. Sure. Awesome. Okay. So, favorite restaurant in Richmond? The Roosevelt is Roosevelt. No hesitation. Just Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just love the Roosevelt. <laughs> I love uh, what Kendra, Kendra does. Um, so, she, big shout out to them. Big fan of the Savory Grain as well. Um, Sazone, big fan of Sazone, what mm-hmm. they do. Um, Mama J's and Croker Spot, we're always, you know, big fans of what they do. Uh, Richmond's, that's one thing. They, I mean, they can't oversell you on our restaurant scene. Sure. Richmond's done a really good job. It's growing. Uh, I went to Scott's Edition the other day. Shout out, like, lunch and supper. Uh, <laughs> no, but, I mean, I went, I went there the other day, and literally – was just blown away by all the new stuff. Like yeah. they can't like I didn't I didn't even know half that stuff existed. <laughs> and it was like so you can't overstate the yeah. the growing restaurant scene and I know it comes and goes. Um oh huge shout out to uh Black Restaurant Week that just finished up uh I'm gonna say a couple weeks ago. All the restaurants I mean that grew in one year just grew amazingly large and they just had so many uh restaurants that were black owned represented so well. So big shout out to them, uh, but yeah, like you can't overstate Richmond's restaurant scene. Sure, yeah, I agree. All right, so last question. So you've got a friend coming into Richmond for the weekend who doesn't know Richmond. You're going to show them around town. So they get there Friday, they leave Sunday. What do you do with that person that weekend? It's tough. It depends on what weekend it is. You can make like, it any weekend. Richmond you want it to be. changes so much. Yeah, <laughs> Richmond really now. Richmond changes so much um, by day to day. I will tell uh, so I'll reframe your question a little bit because one of the things that uh, I don't even get out to enough, but if they happen to be here during any like Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, low hanging fruit for me is Tuesday versus. You should definitely check out uh, Tuesday versus, which is every Tuesday. It's by far the best open mic in Richmond. Where's that? Uh, I think it's at Adise downtown every Tuesday night in Chaka okay. Bottom. Gotcha. Um, Lyricist Lounge is once a month. Face Melt Friday. Mm-hmm. So Lyricist Lounge is like a proving ground now for hip hop artists to come to. They should definitely check that out. Um, uh, what was the other one? Face Melt Friday is another kind of uh, just staple now. Uh, Black Liquid's mm-hmm. been doing that for a long time. Brewers Cafe. Check out Brewers Cafe. I know you had AJ on, but that's a great spot for just community and culture. Um, there's just so many, um, and I'm just trying to, I would really tailor it through, uh, I would really tailor it through what weekend it is. We just, right. we just went, me and my dad and my brother and a good friend of ours, um, went to a Richmond Rough Rider game for the first time last yeah. Saturday. Brian Who would have thought? Yeah. It was extremely entertaining. Yeah. Who would, yeah, it was extremely entertaining. So who would have thought? <laughs> Like, things like that in Richmond are amazing. Yeah. I just wrote a piece for Richmond Magazine about all the ways you can enjoy baseball mm-hmm. in Richmond. And people don't think about this, but from Little League to high school to college baseball in Richmond, all the way up to the Squirrels, sure. Richmond is an amazing baseball town. Yeah. Um, and the I'll say this, because I, I called it my hidden gem of that article, but... Uh, you can go to the University of Richmond if you look at their schedule and check a baseball game for absolutely free mm-hmm. at one of the best stadiums I've seen in the city. Like it's just Pitt Field at on the campus of UR is a great, uh, it's a great environment for baseball and college baseball is a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, 
These squirrels are amazing, you know. We'll talk. We yeah. talked a little bit about the old stadium. I, if I could tell you anything, I hope that they do um, keep this, you know, make make it so that the squirrels are here for a long time. They've been sure. amazing for the city. Um, so it it just really depends. There's bacon festivals. There's all kinds of things. Yeah, that, that that was a great answer. I, I, some of the stuff I love and some of the stuff I don't know about, and I would love yeah, to check yeah. out. So cool. Well, so where where can people find you on social media? How do so they find the, the cheats, cheats movement? movement? Yeah, the cheats movement on everything. I think Twitter shortens it to just cheats movement, but it's the cheats movement on everything. Mm-hmm. The blog is thecheatsmovement.com. Um, yeah, we're just just gonna try to keep it going and figure out the best ways to highlight the city and. You know, be involved as best we can. Well, with all of our, uh, from our viewers, all of our Richmonders, uh, people like you make Richmond more interesting and uh, fun, a better place to live. So thanks for what you do for Richmond, and thanks for coming on. We appreciate no, it. Till next time.